Welcome to Chapters of Motherhood. This is a weekly podcast about this hashtag mom life that is motherhood with all the struggles, chaos, and true blessings that come with the title mom. I am your host, Veronica. At 17 years old, I became a mom for the first time. And at 41, I had a water birth for my fifth baby. The goal of this podcast is to share with you my motherhood experience and hopefully help you realize that you are not alone in your own mom life journey. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, working mom, or a single mom, from potty training struggles, bedtime snuggles, and everything in between, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I share your frustrations and your joys. Every week is a different chapter of motherhood. Chapter 15, Intuitive Moms with Paige Johnston. Welcome everybody back to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. I had a great conversation with Paige, the founder of Halo Skincare, and it just turned out to be such a great conversation that when we were done talking about her journey to motherhood that led her to her skincare, we just kept talking about what absolutely was fascinating to me was her intuition. And, you know, I have a little bit of intuition, not nearly to the level of, um, you know, medium or clairvoyance or anything like that. I have a little bit of feelings here and there. And I do have a lot of dreams that past loved ones will come visit me. So the more I talked to Paige, the more we were just really vibing. And I ended up capturing it because I I didn't stop recording and we just kept talking and talking. It was a great conversation. I just wanted to include this kind of as a bonus. I guess I got a two for one with Paige. So I wanted to include our conversation regarding intuition and um, past loved ones and trusting your intuition. Hi friends, I just wanted to pop in real quick and tell you about this amazing skincare line that I've been using. It's called Halo Skincare. Their main ingredient is the Nobel Prize winning Epidural Growth Factor or EGF, mixed with marine life and botanicals. Their tagline is meditation for the skin, bringing the inner glow to the face. And you know what, they're not kidding. I immediately saw a radiant glow in my face and after two weeks of using their five-step routine, my pores were visibly smaller, The fine lines around my eyes were plumped and smoothed out, and there was even an improvement with my rosacea. No more flare-ups since I've been using Halo. It's cruelty-free, free of mineral oil, linoleum, or petroleum. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see the drastic difference in my eyelids. They're lifted. My skin is firmer, and I have a beautiful, natural glow. And I can offer you a 25% discount just for being a listener of the show. Enter the promotional code PODCAST25, and I will link in the website and the code on the show notes. Now, back to our conversation. Can I ask you one more thing? I'm very interested in your intuition and what you said about uh, you would recognize the soul. Yeah, so I come from a family. My grandmother was... Um, You could never call her psychic, but she was, and uh, she would help police officers, you know, in investigations, if somebody, you know, with cases, Um, she read a lot of celebrities, like kind of like an underground world back in her day. And I was born with it in a different manner. So 
Um, as a child, I would see people like one lady, her, I saw her face on fire and she died in a fire and it scared me. So I would see things happen and they play like movies in my head. My grandmother helped me through it. And I said, I didn't want it anymore. And she said, we can pray it away. And so we did. And then it started coming back when I was in college and I realized I was always obsessed about death on the other side and did not know why. So I ended up getting certified in hospice um, and needed to find my time to give free time and to be selfless. And I went through many charities. I actually was one of the first people to do Project Angel Food and to see how huge it is now. I'm like, oh my God, yes. we would make it and I would have bags and go to the homes in Santa Monica or the little apartments and help. And that's how I found my calling was um, I used my intuition with the people that were sick and um, the AIDS people back then, a lot of people didn't touch them because they were afraid they were going to get it. So I would go in and, you know, I got to know them and I would knock on their door or just walk in because some of them would be dead, but just to hold them. And then I found, and I have a whole library of death on the other side. I was reading a book and uh, I ended up meeting the author, Danian Brinkley, and he wrote Saved by the Light. And in that book, I learned through him, he died and came back. He was struck by lightning. And they actually made a movie about him that they Hollywooded up called Phenomenon with John Travolta. Oh, yes. And it, yeah, and it's really about Danian Brinkley, which is a total, it's interesting how they changed it. But I heard about hospice. And so I went to the VA and I got certified. And I found that when I'm around sick people or people in need like that, I just know what to do. And I would see either their loved ones behind them. And I didn't feel weird that I, I just felt at home um, because I could be with friends and all of a sudden feel something or know something. I can feel it with my husband. And, you know, when you're with a loved one and you, it comes across, you're kind of uh, righteous. Like I would be like, you know what you need to do? And it's not me talking. I literally am feeling something and I get this movie in my head. So in hospice, it was so beautiful because, you know, when you get certified, you learn to be just love and you have to, you can't talk about religion and because everybody's different, but I've watched mostly all religions die and come back. And they've all said, God weeps at religion and that it's just about loving. And I've seen the light on that. I've seen rooms light up that I can't even explain it to people. I've seen loved ones come forward. A lot of animals come forward. You know, even though I've never died and come back, but you know, when I go through something with my family, if someone's sick or they're going to die, I, as much as I know that life continues, I, then I become that human and I forget everything I know because I'm mourning. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's really amazing. I, sometimes they come across, if I'm looking at you, I start, you know, those pictures that they're really blurry, but if you cross your eyes, you see the image pop out. Yes. That's how it happens for me. Okay. So yeah. when I'm by myself and I see these, they're called orbs, like circles I can see sometimes. And um, sometimes they turn into like silhouettes where I can tell it's a person or an animal. Or it comes to me from far away. Like if someone passes away, which I had one where my friend's niece was four years old and died in a car accident. And I woke up and I thought, oh, I'm just relating because my son was four at the time. What happens is as soon as I start, I have my cell phone, as soon as I start to text or email with my thumbs, it keeps a part of my brain busy 
to allow the other part of my brain to tap in. So I don't know if people have ever seen Tyler Henry when he scribbles. It's kind of like that. It balances me that I can tap in. So it, it happens like if I'm writing a book, I'm just creating a story. And a lot of times I hold back the information because it sounds so ridiculous. And I realize now that information is not for me, it's for them. So with my friend, I started texting him or emailing messages. And I started explaining what this four-year-old was telling me. And he just kept flipping out and validating everything, you know, like little things like she's saying, she's showing me a stop sign. I don't know what's up with the stop. She's saying stop, stop, stop. And then cut to, you know, he's at his brother's house and he, he takes a picture of a artwork that she did the day, uh, two days prior. And it was a stop sign. It was, it was red with stop. But, you know, the whole time I was helping him with her passing to tell the parents from the very beginning, she told me that they're going to have another child and it's going to be a boy, but I can't tell them that I, oh. it's too soon, you know? Okay. Um, but they ended up, uh, I also saw the whole time blue cotton candy and I was like, what the heck's up with blue cotton candy? And I kept that to myself cause I was so embarrassed. Like what if I'm wrong? And finally, you know, after seven days of relaying information, he's getting ready to sit down with his family to read all my things that came up because he was validating. I was right. Well, I was shocking myself. And he said, do you have anything else you want to tell me? And I was like, God, I've never done it at will. I've never read anybody at will. Mm -hmm. And um, so I said, okay, can you just give me a second? And I got off the phone. I was in the car and I started, I had to do it with my fingers, like texting. And it started. And then I just said, all right, here I go. There's something up with blue cotton candy. And he ends up reading everything. And the last thing he reads is that, all along they're crying saying that's her that's her but then once they he read blue cotton candy he said they you know fell to the floor crying and I said well what's up with blue cotton candy and he said they were at a fair um a week prior and there was pink cotton candy and blue cotton candy and they made a big deal for her to have pink and she kept having a fit that she wanted blue cotton candy and nobody knew that So it was like, it's so I'm learning that it's the littlest things that sound so trivial to me that to them that filled a big hole. So cut two years later, me saying that they're going to have a child. My husband had open heart surgery and, um, which he's fine. He had a valve fixed, but I was in the hospital and I saw the little girl walking and I just, it's, it's a, I feel it. It's like a silhouette. And I texted my friend saying, Hey, she's here again. But she's showing me um, an owl, an owl and a baby, but it's one baby. And she says it's going to be a boy just so they don't look at another girl and think of her. And so he texts me back and said, it was funny because he called me, dude, (laughs) no way, dude. (laughs) And I was like, well, what? He goes, I'm going to send you an ultrasound picture. So he sends me a picture of an ultrasound and they had a surrogate and they were trying for another child. and. The ultrasound looked like an owl. It was looked like two big eyes and the head and everything. But the two big eyes were embryos or um, sacs in the, in the sonogram. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So there was the owl and there was the pregnancy. And he goes, but they're having twins. And I go, okay, well, all right. That's good. 
And I thought, see, I'm wrong about that. And then I found out that one of them passed away and they have the one boy. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you think that the souls inside as embryos or do they come in once they breathe? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, my experience is that they come when they're supposed to come. I, you know, I truly believe there's no point for a soul to be in an embryo. I mean, I believe we're here to learn lessons and I believe the soul enters. And there's just too many with people that have passed and come back. I've actually asked some, some of those questions and it's about when a soul kind of comes in is about month five or towards the end. It could be the last minute and it could be as the baby's being born. I think there's different stages to it, but I can't prove any of it. It's just something like I felt. Um, I think some moms know, I mean, I've heard some moms like when they're pregnant, they're like, they just knew something entered them. I never felt it like that, but I definitely had a connection uh, about month five that there was something. Yeah, but that's what I've heard from a lot of people and just my intuition, gut, and growing up with my grandmother. Um, she just okay. would speak so matter of fact. Can I share you with you my story? Yeah. I had a I had a miscarriage a few years ago. It was before my nine-year-old was born or before I got pregnant with her. And I was seven weeks along, and it was an empty sack. It was a, oh, gosh, now I forgot what it's called, an ovum oh, pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just empty. It's just the yolk. The embryo did not um, mature. Well, I was beginning to feel uh, pain. I was beginning to feel like kind of like labor pains. And I started um, miscarrying. But before I started bleeding, I fell asleep. I had a dream. And I was like holding emptiness in my arms and saying, do you see my baby? Do you see my baby telling other people in, in my dream? And they were telling me no. Like my family members are like, no, we don't see anything. And I see a girl opening the door and leaving, and and I knew that she was my baby, and she looked like a cousin of mine. Oh. And I told her, "Where are you going?" And she turned to she turned back and said, "Don't worry, mom, I'll be right back." And she left, and and here I thought, okay, this was my cousin's daughter because it looked just like her. Well, obviously, nine months later or a year later, I had my daughter. And so she was born and she's just beautiful. She's, I have like an instant connection with Sophia and big eyes. I look at her and I'm like, she has a very old soul, I think. Yeah. And as she grew up at four years old, I looked at her and I go, oh my God, she looks exactly like my cousin's daughter. Oh, wow. Exactly like her with the curls and the big eyes and beautiful. And, you know, and I'm like, that was her. That had to have been her telling me, I'll be right back. Oh, my gosh. You you know what book you should read? You should read Embrace by the Light by Betty Edie. And I can text it to you. But and it's she had died and come back. And it's along the lines of what you're saying and what she saw. It's the most beautiful story. And it's basically validates exactly what you're saying that I truly believe. Because, you know, I... I don't now I can't remember if it was my third pregnancy that I lost or my second, but I had a dream kind of like that too. And I felt, I literally felt the baby boy mm-hmm. a- and I'd never had a feeling dream. And he said, it's just not, I'm not ready yet. And then I miscarried shortly after that. And then, but the way he looks is the way my little boy looks. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I love that story. That's amazing. Yeah, and I don't I don't think I, I only shared it with my husband and not even immediately. I shared it with him like a couple years ago. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's well, you know, I had asked somebody that is very in tune with, I mean, they have that ability to that intuition. And I said, you know, we were talking about like when a, a soul enters and they kind of had a good point, like, and I won't know until I die on, I mean, I can't say for sure. I just go on what I feel, but right. he said the same thing. He's like, what is the point? I mean, of the soul entering. Unless, yes, I could see, you know, the soul is on a journey to learn. And he brought up, because he brought up tragedies like 9-11. And I said, well, God, all those people, and they felt that horror. And so he brought up how souls will actually leave a body to not feel that. So, you know, the people from the burning building, you know, coming down and jumping and or a plane going down and, you know, and I'll never forget watching an episode. Um, oh gosh. I don't know if it was Oprah, or one of those shows. And it validated this gentleman talking about, he was in a burning plane and he saw people strapped in burning where they couldn't get up, but he saw them alive and screaming. Yet he physically, he saw their souls leave their body. So they, so they never felt it, which kind of went along with what my friend was explaining about the souls, you know, he goes, you know, in his world of hand healing, and he's worked on the Dalai Lama to, I mean, pretty huge renowned people. And he's actually an actor and doesn't talk about this gift. So I'm the only one that knows he has it. But um, besides the people he works on, but yeah, he said, kind of explain the soul of a baby. And so when he came, you know, my dream and all that, it was like, your soul is there, but it's not in there. It's just too, it's not, there's no point, but the soul is there for you to speak to you. It's just interesting. Yes, that's interesting. I've heard that too. I've heard that when it's instant death, the soul leaves right before the pain. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know. I'm a, I'm a little intuitive. Yeah. Nowhere near the way you are. I've had, um dreams where I know that it's completely different because like when my past loved ones come in, it's completely different. They, the dream, my, my dream is like a whatever dream. Right. And when they come in, everything gets super bright, like very, like it's a different color, like a different brightness. Yes. And the, there's just a feeling of peace and my dream changes to what they want me to see. And then that's they, it. See, I don't get it like you do. I get it a different way. So you get yeah. it through dreams. I get it through dreams or I feel them if if I'm, you know, conscious or awake. I feel something. I don't know what. Yeah. And I feel something. But when I'm asleep, it's like, you know, we got her. <laughs> we can get in and we can talk to you now. Oh, my gosh. I like that. Or I can feel them. Like, I can feel them, like, trying to, like, push me. Like, I, I don't know, like, get my attention. Yeah. And so I get kind of scared of it and, and I don't want to be because it's my loved ones. I know it's my loved ones. Right. That's how I felt as a little girl. I get scared. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting though how, um, you know, everybody gets it in a different way. And I believe everybody has it. And mm-hmm. the more I find, the more you meditate and you do that work of being quiet 
um, and your meditations get stronger and stronger, it's like going home. It's I, I know if I haven't meditated for a while and then I, you know, I'll pray first cause I get it out of me. I, that's my talking and whatever. And then I center myself to meditate that there's times where it's so on point, like where I'm tuned in, then I'm more that my intuition is more heightened if I'm keeping up with that kind of work. Yeah. I've heard that too. If you're meditating more and praying and I mean, what is that saying? Praying is you talking to God, meditating is you listening. Listening. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to do more of that for sure. And you know, I've, I've, you know, it was explained to me, I'm trying to think who said it and that your penile gland is very close to the, the properties. It's not as hard, but it's very similar to a crystal. And that, so when you meditate, that gland is, it's like your tune, it's, it's your antenna, just like a radio. And if you, I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's no. pretty big right now. Um, he's been around for a long time, but now more people are finding out about him. But if you go to Instagram, you can watch all his videos. And it's all about meditation. And he, he's in the documentary Heal, which is on Netflix. I love all that stuff because that's how I grew up and what I believe. But he has a whole center on meditation and how you can actually get better and better at it and you heal your body. And in the movie Heal, he explains how he was hit um, doing a triathlon. He was on a bike and he was thrown from his bike and broke three vertebrae. To fix it is to put a metal rod in your back. And he would tell anybody to do that, he said. But with him, he had the thought of, wait, if your body can grow itself and regenerate and womb and you know, you're growing as a fetus, why can't it now? And what is the difference of that? And that set him on the path. So he dedicated, I'm probably getting this wrong, but he dedicated pretty much an hour per vertebrae. And he did that for a chunk of time and he grew back. It got better. And so he's had in his center, which is pretty big now, a lot of people, I mean, he has the book, the placebo effect and Whatever, if you look at Joe, Joe Dispenza, even on Amazon, you'll find all his books. And I usually get audio because I like listening to it. And it is countless stories of people working on like, oh, I have a thyroid issue. I'm going to meditate and focus on my thyroid. And then their thyroid gets better, which I've been doing. And I just got my blood work checked. And it actually had to lower my medication because it's got it's starting to get better. But like people curing cancer to, you know, but it's all through the meditation. And he talks about getting your mind to that state and how you your life actually gets easier too because maybe you listen to the intuition better maybe you wouldn't hang out with a certain person that would cause you grief and you're just like eh I just no I don't want to hang out and yeah. something bigger than you tells you like I just want something deeper or lighter or something yes and that's a that's the big thing a lot of people are afraid to listen to their intuition because they think oh you know I'm just you know, exaggerating, I'm being paranoid, or, you know, what do I know? This person's okay. And there's something inside of you saying, no, it's not, you need to go away, you need to block them off. Yeah. And you know, and that's the thing of, that's how I've lived my life. And I think, gosh, you know, I've never, I've always worked for myself, except for like, right out of high school, you know, waited tables and, but, um, and I was a working actor for a a while. And, but I realized that I, because I was an actor, like, that was my instrument was listening to my intuition because that's what you do in scenes. And, but I did that my whole life. So I, that was my outlet. And, 
um, I use that in my life and I think, how can, how can one not? And why, and that's that whole, you hear living, doing you. And if you don't do you, then your life's going to be over and you're going to be like miserable. And when, if you just listen to your intuition and followed that little feeling of like, oh, I've always been, I've always wanted to be a painter and you should listen to it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're going to be a famous artist, but maybe it may lead you to something else. And that is, I believe that's God's whisper or whatever someone wants to believe, but I believe it's God's whisper putting you in a direction. Yeah. Well, actually, that's how I started the podcast. I was meditating and I literally woke up one morning and said, what's up with podcasts? And I listened to one podcast and I said, I'm going to start my own podcast. Yes, that's exactly how I did my skincare. So you did. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. You know, you think about a lot of people. I mean, we could probably pick anything. Anybody that is just out there and is such a big influencer in some way or a little way, you know, but they're usually just doing them. They're listening to something that call they're calling in life. And they listen to like what happened to you. They listen to, I'm just going to do a podcast. And I believe on the other side that I have always had this vision as a little girl that that's your guides on the other side, your whoever that wants to guide you, whispering to you in your thoughts mm-hmm. and then you're doing, then you go off and you do it. And they're probably like cheering, like, ah, she finally listened. Yeah. Oh, I have another little story. Um, so I had this health scare, right? It was a, it was a heart attack, but not in the sense of blockages. It was, you know, that inflammation just kind of like yeah, squeezed my that. heart. Yeah. So at the time that it happened, I just didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I was clutching myself and everything started to get black and the doctors ran in and they're, you know, working on me. And so I start praying like, oh my God, please help me. I start calling on my guides. I start calling on my past loved ones and on uh, Archangel Michael. I start calling on anybody that I could. And I closed my eyes and I felt, I really did feel the room fill up with everybody. And One of them came up, and I think it was my guide, John, I think, came up and said, it's okay, you need to go through this so you can evolve. And I thought to my, and I, and I know this was wrong, but I said, bullshit, get me out of this. Like, Like, no, this isn't happening. And when I had that thought, I just like, the room came back and everybody was working on me and they brought me, you know, they brought me back, they got me out of it. So now I'm wondering, like, did I just mess up the plan or the path that I was supposed to go through? Oh my gosh, no. How funny though. I mean, not at all. Okay. <laughs> not at all because you're still going to go through it. Okay. Yeah, you know I'm still I mean? going through for sure. Yes, and I I look at it like um so I'm going through something that <clears throat> you know, it's very easy to after you go through something to look back and go, "Oh, yes." But you're in the process that it's still happening now. And I, a few years ago, said, I want to break the ceiling financially and grow. And so I took the, you know, doing this skincare and I've, you know, we've had major bumps in the road financially that I never saw my life to be the way it is. And even though my skin company is doing well, I don't touch that money. I let it grow. 
so it's a bigger company. But meanwhile, I have been going through this financial challenge for two years now where my husband has gone through this transition of his work as well. And I had my person that, that how I help people and can read at times, I have someone that I go to, which I'll give you, she's very special because it's hard for me to look at my own life. And, but I did have a little whisper and inside saying, you have to go through this. So you actually can tell other women how hard you had it and how you made it on top. So if I can do it, you can do it. And I had that quick thought faster than I even just said it. And I talked with her and she first said, you know, proved herself to me that she was the real deal. And I was pretty shocked because she was the real deal and very angelic. And she then told me exactly that. She goes, so you're going through this time where you you literally, it's the 11th hour financially. And you never thought you'd be through that. I mean, it was everything to the T. And she says, and I'm sorry to tell you, there's no other way out of it because you do, you end up doing very well. And of course I'm like, well, when's that going to happen? I mean, right. (laughs) And I look back and I, you know, I have a friend that is now invested in halo and she too has the gift. And she goes, do you know how big you get? And I'm like, no. And, but I see that that challenging time that I'm going through is what gets me up. I'm up, you know, at four 30 in the morning with that anxiety attack of, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. But I have to be of action rather than just sit there. And it gets me like, okay, I got to fill orders. Okay. I've got to, you know, research more of this or that. And if I had it comfortable, like how I was a few years ago, and my husband was making amazing money, she said, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have that in you to go do that. You wouldn't have to go do that. And I'm like, that fire. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't like learning like this. (laughs) (laughs) I want it to be easier. Yes. So I like hearing that of yours because it validates like, okay, you know, there's a reason for everything. And, And I don't think you can ever mess up your path. I think it's a little compass. And if we veer off, it's, it's free will, right? I mean, if you mm-hmm. veer off, then if you listen to your little inner compass and your intuition, then you go back to it. And it all the path leads, you know, if you listen to it, that happy feeling, mm-hmm. or, the, you know, that all knowing, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And even though it was scary for me, I do think that I'm going to get past it because another little thing that happened, I'm all full of little stories. <laughs> Um, I don't know. What are your feelings regarding marijuana or DMT or ayahuasca and all that? You know, I have a a few friends. um, I think it's all fine. I don't really know too much, but that I have a a friend who is actually goes to, I guess, I don't know what he's called, a medicine man or whatever, that, that ayahuasca and all that other stuff that they prescribe a tiny, like, they listen to what's going on with you and then they give you the right amount. And she said it totally helps her and she can drive. It's not like she's, you know, tripping or anything, but when they prescribe it, it's not done on such minute amount that it's basically what they used, you know, in tribes and stuff to, but it, I mean, I don't know. It seems. It, well, here's my story. Um, so a few years ago, 
um, almost three years ago, I had a kidney stone problem and it hurt so bad. And I mean, kidney stones, it feels like you're going to die. You're not, you just pass it. So I was scared to feel that pain again. And my husband said, oh, I brought you some tea to help you. You know, it's medicinal tea. And I didn't think twice about it. He said medicinal tea. I thought, oh, okay. So like an aspirin. (laughs) Yeah. And it was cannabis tea. And it tasted really bad. And I looked it up on Google and they said, oh, if you add butter to it, it's going to separate the THC from the leaves. And to me, I thought, oh, it's going to take it out. Well, actually, it increased its power. And I didn't realize that. (laughs) I didn't realize that. So I drank it. Oops. I drank it. And um, a good 30 minutes later, all of a sudden, I started feeling really weird. And my husband thought, okay, I need you to eat something, something so you don't trip out. So he's has, he has me eating and I'm looking at him and, and I start seeing a movie in my mind's eye. And I had never, ever, not never before and never since that time ever seen that. So I started seeing him and I started seeing our whole uh, past like together. And then I started seeing, and I kept telling him like, I feel like I'm outside. And he's like, you want to go outside? And I go, no, no, no. I know I'm inside. But I feel like I'm outside. It felt to me like it was the beginning of like time to me. And there was grass. Yeah. And there was no houses. There was nothing. It was just grass. And I told him, I feel it on my feet. I feel it in my toes. (gasps) And yeah. And so I, I started just reliving my whole, like I was reliving my whole life. Like I was watching it like in a movie. And then I went past what my past was and started and what my present was and started seeing the future. And so I'm telling him about like, wow, it's going to be incredible. I keep telling him like, it's going to be incredible. I know. And the weird thing is like, I know it like I know it like it's a song verse. Like there's no way of messing it up because it's there. I've seen it. And so, like I said, it's a big old movie. And then towards the end, I, I saw myself die. Because I, and I had to figure that out because I didn't know it. But I was looking out into the bay and suddenly I start like flying. And I'm like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> and I'm flying upward. Oh. And I feel like, okay, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm going home. I didn't bother to look back. And I just kept flying. And I felt like I was in the cosmos and I was passing up, you know, the stars and the moons. And I was just like really happy to go. And then it was over. Like that oh. whole movie was over and I was still high. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. It was. And like, I keep telling him, like, I know what our path is and, you know, we're struggling a little bit here and, you know, he's freaking out and it's such high anxiety. And I'm like, whatever, we're going to get past this. We're going to laugh about this in a couple of months because I know, like, I know, like, I know it's, oh it's going to happen. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that are not like, you know, obviously there's going to be pain. Right. But it's life and and I've made, it's weird because I made peace with it. Oh my God. That's, you know, my husband has a calmness like you do because he's had these certain experiences and I, I so want to have, like when my friend was telling me about given a cocktail or whatever she did it where you actually go off with someone so they watch you and to make sure you don't trip okay yeah and she said it was a 
an out-of-body experience that she definitely felt scared, but then he was telling her, you have to surrender to this. She said, as soon as she surrendered, it sounds very much like yours, just the feeling, and but not surrendering. And she goes, that's basically what I do in life is I'm not trusting. Right. And it's like that goes back to the intuition. And so, you know, like the meditations too, like when I listened to Dr. Joe Dispenza, it kind of sounds like what you're saying. I mean, he talks about, he literally has felt him separate from himself and can see, I mean, he does it so much that he doesn't need the tea. He doesn't need it. And he can come out of himself where he said, you know, one where he was outside of his kitchen window looking at himself. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I'm like, God, to get to that place without... Without anything, yeah. yeah. I, and you know what? I think the only reason why it worked for me like that was because I, I honestly did not realize that I was going to get high. Exactly. So I thought I was taking it out. Obviously, as you can tell, I don't do this, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that I was taking it out, and actually it increased. And so I had surrendered to it before I even knew right. anything. You know what that's kind of like is... um you know, people say, let it go. Mm -hmm. But so you didn't even know that was going to happen. You just were doing it for another reason. So you had no expectation. Right. I didn't know. Mm -mm. And, right. No expectation yeah. whatsoever. And I kind of like when you want something in life, we can hold so tightly onto something. And but if we want, let's just say we're like you said, you knew like you knew like you knew. And mm -hmm. when we go to a restaurant and we put an order in. And we want pancakes. And the waitress says, okay. And she writes it down. If I tap into that feeling of how I am at that restaurant, that simple thing of asking for pancakes, and then I let it go, I don't even think about it again. Because I right. know it's going to happen. And I think whenever I can really tap into that, whatever I'm wanting in my life. And it's not like, honestly, it's, oh, I want financial freedom. Okay. But it's really... Or let's just say more money. But then what do you really want? Well, I want financial freedom. I just want to feel comfortable. I want security. I want to feel at ease. Mm -hmm. so then I get to the real want to kind of unblock me. And then I, I find that sometimes, you know, the day happens where I'm so blocked that I can't even let it go. Like drinking the tea that, <laughs> that I, I usually have to go back to like, well, if I was ordering pancakes, what does that feel like? It seems so simple and trivial, but it really is that simple. I can physically, like mentally put myself there where I'm like, okay, I'm going to let it go. And it's not, I'm not supposed to worry about it. Right. But the, I think that's what makes it so hard for people not knowing how do you let it go. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a pretty simple way. Order pancakes. It's coming. Right. I always can't have, really mess that up. <laughs> yeah. Because as much as I know about that, when I'm in my own stuff and I'm worrying and I'm like, oh my God oh my God, we can't, we can't even save for college right now. Oh my God, like my brain just goes, oh my God, I'm a loser. Oh my God, I should have this money. Oh my God, you know, or, or you hear a friend that's retiring already. And I'm like, oh my God. And then um, I ha it's hard. It's hard to go back to that letting go of what my path is and surrendering and being happy. And it's all on its way though. Right. I can feel so restricted in that. And then if I let go, you feel so expansive of, it's all right there. 
That's right. Well, thank you so much, Paige. This has been a great conversation. I will definitely link everything on the show notes, your Instagram, the Halo website. I'll look into everything that we talked about and I'll, yeah. and I'll link everything in. The code for Halo is podcast25. Thanks so much, Paige. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, share it with a mom friend. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. You can rate and review on Apple Podcast. You can leave me a voicemail message on Anchor FM. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood or Twitter at Mother Podcaster. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Veronica. Tune in each week to find your chapter of motherhood.